Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast glad to be with you for episode number 45 monday august 21st 2017 i am joe Murata alongside the heartbreak kid michael quinn how you doing quinn howdy doody how you doing man that's uh SummerSlam happened yesterday oh it did yeah that means it's almost SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what else happened yesterday michael personal note here it was my uh wedding anniversary wow congratulations thank you you know how long i've been married about six years uh-huh. <laughs> just like lou just from, like uh, lou from the cooking. cooking for the single man yeah <laughs> how about six years six years Folks, thanks so much for being with us. We are, of course, your Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to talk you through the world of retro wrestling. I have a great show in store for you. We're reviewing something very interesting later on. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you of the usual things. You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And there you can tweet things at us. You can mention stuff to us. And, of course, there are the GIFs, Quinn. Yes, always the GIFs. We the love GIFs. the GIFs, yes. Uh, yeah, I saw one with Dean Coles where, like, Bobby the Brain and, like, Mean Gene were, like, acting like they were getting the scoops. That, that made, <laughs> oh, yeah? That made me laugh. They were getting scoops? Yeah, they were, like, sneaking around, like, Disco Inferno was near a pool, something. Oh, it was WCW. Yeah, and, like, oh, Sting was, like, <laughs> he was, like, he was sitting at, like, a table with, like, his Sting gear on, like, at a restaurant. <laughs> Do you think he really went out to eat like that? No, and I don't think Mean Gene dressed up like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> to, to like disguise himself <laughs> well folks you can uh send us gifts like that apparently because those are out there and you can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com we do take the long form emails michael yes we do and we try to get back to you as, as much as we can as fast as we can yes but please leave a return address so i'm not <laughs> writing entire novels to like nobody <laughs> That did happen recently. Yeah. Quinn, we have a Facebook group that has been uh, very active lately, and um, what goes on there exactly? It's heating up like NBA Jam. <laughs> well, you can go over to it and get on that heating pad, whatever it is. <laughs> you can go over to Facebook.web and um, type in our vantage point retro wrestling podcast and join the group not the other thing like the, the, the like auxiliary page yeah the like the pr page or whatever don't join that <laughs> the that's yelp page you can't even join it you go to the group the group and you can talk to us there and other people yes all the fans all of them including scott keith uh, occasionally yes sometimes if, if you need something yeah you can request his presence by or tagging you talk him. to like marty or yeah ruben vasquez is ruben. on there a, a lot of fans yeah all the best all the ovp gang as we say yes and Quinn, we're hosted on SoundCloud, I mean, at least for now, now that yeah. they didn't go out of business recently. Until they almost go out of business <laughs> the next time. But uh, that's not really where we would recommend listening to us. You can actually get us on other sources, Quinn. Like what? Right. You can go over to Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And you can hit the subscribe button where it will then send the podcast through electrical means <laughs> to your wireless device. I don't know how it works. Science. Something Science, like that. Yes. And then, mm-hmm. after you subscribe, right. you can leave a review. Yeah. Again, through the electrical, electrical 
electrical electrical Electrical. means yes and then you you hit it and then you say this was a good podcast five stars or this (laughs) sucked balls five stars five stars yeah (laughs) where else can you find us besides that well you can go on google play stitcher yep blueberry oh boy wow and uh odo and various other places various other places not to mention of course the place to be nation that is place to be nation.com the only place to be in your pop culture world there's some great podcasts on there the place to be podcast Gwen, one of yours there in 1986 now one of your favorites i should say you know yes. scott and jt walk you through the world wrestling federation of 1986 the wonderful world of <laughs> 1986 yes and you know on their pro wrestling only feed michael oh yeah our little brother show oh little Petey, <laughs> little Petey with greetings from allentown he does a great show it comes out on thursday mornings and he does it all by his lonesome yes sounds very sad i feel for him <laughs> don't worry Petey. <laughs> one day buddy. one day one day but you can go to place to be nation.com and check out those great podcasts and of course our vantage point retro wrestling podcast is part of that family so we're very appreciative of that uh michael yes did you know that there's a t shirt the ovt is available would it happen to be at teespring.feet what what is it it's actually teespring.com oh, oh thank you that is t-e-e spring.com slash ovp podcast it is a white t-shirt with a big logo that says our vantage point retro wrestling podcast on there and if you want to you can buy it and if you don't want to that's fine also yeah you can wear it at your favorite wrestling events <laughs> across the nation that's right or even Across mm. the waters. Yep. Not, pop not the pond. here. Yeah, you wear it at the things and they're like, oh, what's that? Yeah, and then they listen to it and they're like, oh. Uh, oh, this is about wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we don't we don't do that. But folks, thank you for doing that. So and Quinn, one more thing we should mention, we haven't plugged it in a while, is we have a YouTube page. Oh yeah. Which will be updated soon with some more great content coming yes, your way. Folks. There's there's things. There's coming. some stuff in the works, right? We, we have plans. There are plans. Master plans. So you would go to YouTube.com and type in our vantage point retro wrestling podcast. And there's some good stuff in there, some YouTube exclusive content. Yes. Sometimes if we get bored, we'll just be like, hey, let's uh let's do a video. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> those are very unplanned. But if you uh subscribe to the page, we'll send an alert when we're like watching it. And you'll yeah, be like, oh, exactly. well, they're watching it. Well, I'll watch it with them. There you go. So, folks, let's head right into our first topic of the day, which is why did they bother? And, Quinn, we're going to talk today about uh, why a certain promotion bothered bringing in a certain writing pair. I'm going to take you back, folks, to September of 1999. Ratings were extraordinarily high for the World Wrestling Federation, Michael. And that's not to say they weren't extraordinarily high for everything in wrestling. That's very true. WCW was still pulling strong ratings, somewhat lagging behind the WWF at that point. I would say lagging behind for the boom period. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're better than anything Raw even gets now. Of course. What WCW was even getting back then. But if WWE was doing fives and sixes, WCW was probably doing twos and threes by that point. Exactly. The creative mastermind, and you can decide if I'm using that term loosely or not, (laughs) was Vince Russo. So, as we all know, and his writing partner, Michael, since 1998, Ed Ferrara. Oklahoma? Yeah, Oklahoma. And here this little fucking prick comes along from writing Duck Man or whatever the fuck he did in California. In September or October of 1999, Vince Russo had had enough. He was like, I'm done. I am done working for Vince McMahon. Now, do you know why? He was overworked. Yes. They had just started doing SmackDown. Yeah, apparently the last straw was uh, he had just had kids and he, you know, asked for, you know, a little lighter of a schedule so he could spend time with his kids. Yep. And Vince said to him, 
something of the term, why don't you just get a nanny? Yep. And, and I get it. And he that that was the last straw for him. And I get it. Yeah. I mean, like him or not, and and for the record, folks, we are not giant Vince Russo fans, but we also don't think he's the worst thing ever. No. I, I think that was the wrong thing to say to him on Vince McMahon's part. I think it was. It was if that's the true story, it may be a little callous. But like him or hate him, you know, and a lot of people hate him. Uh, I don't hate him. And I don't think you do either, Quinn. I don't. You look like him, too, apparently. <laughs> apparently, according to everyone on our boards and Twitter. <laughs> Go to YouTube and find out. Yeah. Um, he left. And what I want to ask you, Michael, is why did WCW bother bringing Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara in as their head writers during that period of time? I mean, I, I can sort of understand the thing, but at the same time, I kind of don't. Okay. Because... On one hand, you could say, well, the ratings are down and we need fresh things, right? Sure. But on the other hand, who the hell gave a shit about the stories? If you really think about it, back then, the stories weren't good. No, it was character-driven. Yeah, it was character-driven. And Russo could make a character interesting. Yeah. I will give him that. But you know who built the characters mostly? Vince. Vince. Vince exactly. and company. Vince McMahon. Not Vince, Vince, yes. Russo. <laughs> Vince McMahon. Yeah. The Vince, you know? Yeah. The big, big Vince. Life sucks! And then you die. And what happened basically is when Vince Russo came in, Quinn, if you recall, and if any of you listening at home recall, Russo and Ferrara pretty much tried to make it WWF. WWF on like steroids. Yes. Like the, the attitude part of it yes. amplified. That's a good way. The attitude era part of it. Yeah. Because, you know, all of a sudden we're getting all kinds of hardcore matches and much more scantily clad women and stupid stipulations and yep. shorter matches. Everything that people didn't care about yeah. with the Attitude Era. What yeah. did people care about, Quinn, in the Attitude Era? Cared about the characters. Steve Austin. Yes, yeah, Steve Austin, The Rock. And they, they cared about their interactions and them, right. you know, interacting with other characters. DX. Yeah. Vince McMahon, right. the heel character. Storylines that had a purpose, right? Right, and intersecting storylines. Correct. Did you specifically watch Raw to see, like, a mud fight between women? No. It happened, and you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, and it was something that was, like, you know, like, the second thing on the show or something. <laughs> yes. like, and no one cared, yeah, really. It was, it was just like, a oh. time filler. We love puppies! And that's one of the hallmarks of Russo is a lot of time filler, right. you know, that were a bit salacious, a bit risque for the time, so and, to speak. And it has a lot to do with that he was more of a TV guy. Like, he was thinking, how do I occupy this time on my program so that they won't change the channel? Correct. Because this isn't really what I want to show them. <laughs> I just need to keep them here for two hours. Correct. It's like a dangling carrot almost, right? right? exactly. But one of the things that suffered in WCW was... When you had the classic WWF WCW competition, right. let's say from like 94, 95 until 98, 99, yeah. the best thing about it is that they weren't the same. No, they weren't at all. They were nothing like the WWF. And especially when it was the NWA days. But even in the 90s, even at the height of the NWO and everything, you had WCW as its own separate entity with its own separate identity. Right. And the thing with this whole Vince Russo thing is I believe Bischoff was out. At that point. He was like going September of 99, yes. Right. So Bischoff had like a vision for how this thing should look. It, like him or not, he did. His thing was, I want to have the NWO be like the counterculture, the like not respecting the classic wrestling. Mm -hmm. Then I want to have these classic wrestlers like Ric Flair and like, I guess DDP would be under that banner. Type yeah. Of, you know, but I'm saying, I mean that like opposing Sting. the NWO. Like, yes, yeah, Sting. Guys like that. Guys like that who was like, they came from that um, 
that wrestling aspect. Right. You know how like world championship wrestling yeah, on we TBS. wrestle where the big boys play. Yeah, it's like we're about sports and shit. Sure. <laughs> sports and shit. Yeah. Vince Russo kind of took a sledgehammer to that whole thing. Oh, yes he did. Because he's not really a wrestling fan. No. Honestly, he is. He doesn't really have the respect for you know. He doesn't respect the NWA. Are you kidding me? Or any no. tradition of wrestling? Yeah. No way. And whether he has to or not, fine. But when you alienate your audience, yep, that is not a good thing. And that's kind of what Vince Russo did. Yeah, you had freaking Ed Ferrara coming in parodying Jr. as Oklahoma. That was awful. You make me feel like a natural woman. It was offensive. It was stupid. It. it why are we picking on Jr. Right. Like. He gets Vince McMahon picks on him on his show. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. <laughs> I know that's do bad need, enough. Do we need more of it? <laughs> right. Like, were we looking for that? And how many on a pole matches for crying out loud? Oh, Tequila yeah. bottle on a pole, Viagra on a pole, mm-hmm. Judy Bagwell on a pole. Well, that was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. That, that was the only one that was actually kind of funny. And suffice to say, folks, by January of '99 of 2000, Vince Russo was out the door for the first time. Yeah. And in his place was uh, Kevin Sullivan which to they try o- to turn things around. Yes. And, and this is what I always say about Kevin Sullivan. They always, 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 WCW's history was everything's all fucked up. Give it to Kevin Sullivan and yeah. like, hope to hell he can fix it. This guy always got like the shittiest shit, like as far as like a booker, like right. dropped on him. Right. It's true. Yeah. And let's let's go back to this fact here. Russo's tenure was like three months. That should show you how successful it was. His initial tenure. Initially. Was three months. So apparently he didn't come in and immediately double the ratings like they thought he would or whatever the hell their thinking was. And that's the whole point, Quinn. Why would they think that that would work? I yeah I I'm assuming they thought that whatever things writing wise yeah like they they thought that that was the missing piece <laughs> right like it wasn't that like we're still using Hulk Hogan <laughs> you know or that you know the NWO has been around for like way too long <laughs> right and I don't recall them like letting Russo completely like demolish the NWO right away I don't remember how the whole NWO NWO thing shook out. No, he rebuilt or NWO. The, I'm sorry, he, I said NWA, didn't I? He, re, I did. Uh, he rebuilt the NWO. Quinn, the NWO 2000 was him with Bret Hart. Okay, and- yes. You wrestling fans are such stupid idiots. But why? Why would that work? I I don't know. That's all thing. Yeah, you said it perfectly. They thought the missing piece was the writing staff. And I'll tell you what, unless Russo was bringing Steve Austin and The Rock over to WCW <laughs> yeah, with that, him. Yeah, that wasn't going to change anything. <laughs> it wasn't gonna ch- and Vince McMahon well, with him. he had Bret Hart at the beginning. Yeah, but so did Bischoff, and he yeah. didn't do dick with him either. I'm saying they had that, like, when Russo came in, they had Bret Hart. They had Bret Hart, and yeah. you know, what did he do? He fought Chris Ben. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what the fans wanted at the time. And then he turned heel. Yeah. And he was in the NWO Reformation, you know, that no one cared about. NWO 2000, yeah. And the silver and black, right? Yeah. And then, of course, Bischoff is hired back with Vince Russo. This was weird. In April of 2000. With the gray hair. Yeah, (laughs) Bischoff with the gray hair. And Vince Russo is back in charge again. But now Russo, of course, needs to be an on-screen character because, hell, Bischoff had done it, Vince McMahon had done it, so why not Vince Russo? And he was all over the show, if you recall. Remember that Thunder we watched? Oh, God. From 2000? He's everywhere. And the most notable thing I remember him being involved with was his whole thing with Ric Flair and, like, his son. 
David, right? David, yeah. yeah. And then the, they like go to Ric Flair's house <laughs> and like isn't met- Charlotte there? Yeah, She's Charlotte's young. like, don't come in. Like, <laughs> and then they just like rummage through his stuff or something. This like, is Ric Flair's underwear. Yeah, his, his robes or something. Yeah, <laughs> this stinks. You know what he's doing here for twenty-one years. You made his life a living hell. You are a witch. And this little mind, watch it, Sonny. And basically. We all know how 2000 WCW went, right? Yeah. So again, Vince Russo wasn't going to be the answer there. They needed a counterbalance to Russo. And it wasn't Bischoff. Yeah, Bischoff, that wasn't, it, Bischoff had to have like complete control or he in was In order useless. to run the company, like, yeah. right? And he didn't have control in yeah. 2000. So basically, they kind of fizzle out. The notable thing that I like that Vince Russo did, and I don't know what the public opinion is on this, is that whole fucking promo from Bash at the Beach 2000 on Hulk Hogan, where he's like, you're a bald-headed piece of shit, and you stink, and I don't like you. And doesn't that lead to, like, this is why this company's in the shape yeah, it's in thing? Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, that's fun. It's fun. However, that was, like, it's embarrassing. Yeah, of um, the problems there. And this leads me back around to why did they actually bother? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or what was the real problem? Not why did they bother? Because we know why they bothered. They bothered because they thought that this would fix it, right? And it didn't. The problem was creative control, mostly. <laughs> you nailed it. It's it's the I the idea that the wrestler can just make their own storylines up. But if you bring this guy in to be the writer, and then like Hulk Hogan just be like, "I'm not doing that, brother." Like <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Like it's bullshit. It's like, true. And not only that, I mean, you bring in Vince Russo. Look, how many ideas can the guy really have yeah. in the tank to begin with? He had been going whole hog since '97. And a thing with that is like Russo tried his hardest, and I'll give him credit. One of his solutions to this problem, yep. and I don't think a lot of people notice it, but I did. If you notice, he groups all the people with creative control into a faction. The Millionaire's Club. Right. So that, <laughs> like, they're, like, in this, like, contained field. Like, yeah. if you really think about it, that's kind of what he did. And and a couple other positive things he did is he really did try to elevate some of the younger guys. Yes. He was always a big proponent of that. Booker T being one of the key yeah. examples there. And that was the idea behind the New Blood. But, you know, if you have the New Blood, they have no control creatively. Yeah, and that was and, bad. And that if feud. they're feuding with the Millionaire's Club, which is a bunch of guys who create that backfired. It all of a sudden, like somehow the new bloods, the heels. That was horrible. Like, it's we, like right? what? that feud was backwards. Yeah. So overall, Quinn, do you think they should have bothered? In hindsight, I don't think they should have. However, at the time it kind of made sense. I guess I could see why. Like, it yeah. seemed like a big coup at the time, right? Right, it did. You're getting the WWF guys. The WWF is awesome, right? That's a casual fan's Basically, reaction. yeah. Oh, they're going to make it so good. But all it was was huge erection yeah. and fucking Mrs. Hancock and well, all these, like, sexual puns. Not that Mrs. Hancock was bad. Michael. And all these, like... Miss, <laughs> not Miss, me. wasn't married yet. <laughs> <laughs> but all these sexual puns and really short matches and retirements and things on a yeah. pole. Why would that fix the company again ultimately it failed because you brought in a new creative guy with a company full of people who can override him fair point and a guy with a limited amount of ideas i think too is a fair thing to put on russo it's fair yeah it's fair to have like brand new ideas all the time to fix things so when you mix that all together you get that you get going out of business in 2001 because people are sick of this shit or you get like rick flair having to essentially like take over the (laughs) show yeah like 
remember near the end, it's literally just like Ric Flair promos because shit. they don't know what else to do. They, like, yeah, that nothing's written. So yeah. they're like, who's the only guy that we have on the entire roster who can just ad lib for like a half an hour right. so we can kill that time? Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Yeah, exactly. Well, folks, speaking of killing time, thank you for doing that with us. And let us know what you think about Vince Russo and WCW and if they should have bothered. We will be back right after this. Is this your deal, Russo? That's why this company's in the damn shape it's in because of bullshit like this. From day one, I've done nothing but deal with the bullshit of the politics behind that curtain. The fact of the matter is, I've got a wife... I've got three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. I came back for every one of the guys in that locker room that week in, week out, bust their ass for WCW. And let me tell you who doesn't give a shit about this company. That goddamn politician Hulk Hogan. Hogan got his belt and he went the hell home and I promise everybody or else I'll go in the goddamn grave. You will never see that piece of shit again. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vanish Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you for episode number 45 Monday, August 21st, 2017. Hope you're having a good day so far. Michael Quinn, we are here to do Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week, Quinn and I will put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. Michael Quinn, as you well know, sir, we are taking requests And there are tons of them. And I guess we should mention, you can find the OVP suggestion box on our website. Yes, at OVPpodcast.com. Go on the top. You'll see suggestions and whammo. You can add it in. (laughs) Whammo! You can put your name, whatever. Whammo? Yeah, whammo. Does it say that when you put your name in? By blammo. (laughs) Ren and Stimpy. Remember that? Yes, I do. And you can uh, just simply go to that Google spreadsheet there and put in your name, your suggestion, and we will do our very best to get to a Quinn You have the pick this week for the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. What are we talking about? Well, this week, I thought this was a really good one by Jacob Georgeson. Okay. Um, It is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Hulk Hogan feuds. Hulk Hogan feuds. Yes. Well, he had a lot of them. He had a lot of good ones and a lot of bad (laughs) ones. He had a lot of bad ones, too. Okay, well, the Hulkster, obviously, we don't talk about him enough on this show, right, Quinn? Always. Marty Howell will be happy about this one. He'll be ecstatic. (laughs) See Hogan making another appearance. He's, by default, he's in every single one. (laughs) So, should we nominate, like, Hulk Hogan versus Hulk Hogan? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, well, Hulk Hogan had a bunch of good feuds in WWF and WCW, and a bunch of bad ones, and I guess, Quinn, since you had the pick, or Jacob Georgeson had the pick, I have the stick, right? Uh, You do have the stick, sir. All right, well, I think Hogan one of Hogan's best feuds and definitely drew a lot of money. It's very interesting. It had some good matches. Will be Hulk Hogan versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Ah, yes. 86, 87. A that very era. good pick. That, um, that was a good one, right? Yeah, that one. It was short from what I remember. It wasn't that long, maybe under a year. Yes, but it culminated in a fantastic match on Saturday Night's main event of all places. Usually, 
Saturday Night's Main Event was a hype vehicle for like something bigger. For something, yeah. But this was like this was a big this blow was off. for this. this like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the steel cage match where uh, they both went over the cage at the same time. Yeah, and their feet both touched kind of at the same time. But Not Hogan really. won. Yeah. yeah, and of course the feud kicked off with Orndorff turning on Hogan in '86. Yes, and then the big match at the big event in August of '86. Very strange pay per view. Yeah, but a really really good match. Yeah, it's fine. So, it's a great feud. That was a big feud, and it made Hogan look vulnerable. And it was before Hogan was such a whack-off, you know? 86 yeah. Hogan's good. They, he treated Mr. Wonderful like he was something. And you know what was so great about their their big blow-off in the cage? Yeah. Is that Wonderful came to the ring with Hogan's music. Yeah, he was so doing that, So when they right? both went over, yes. Hogan's music played, and you didn't know who won. Yep. And obviously, Jesse Ventura was, like, ardently supporting uh, Mr. Wonderful the whole yes. time, which was really cool touch. Yeah. He's like, hey, if Mr. Wonderful was bald, Hogan wouldn't yeah, be champion. He does say that. That whole line. Hogan would not be the champion if Mr. Wonderful was bald. Because he holds him by the, the hair to prevent him to get out. Exactly. Uh, do you want a volley one, or can we agree to put that on? What do you think? Well, let's, let's put a few out there first. Okay, no so, problem. I want to nominate Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, right? I mean, yes. that was... That feud began the day Savage walked in the door, I feel like, in 85. It did. He he was, from the moment he arrived, he was like, I'm after you, Hogan, like, basically. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. He just storms in. He's like, no, I'm better than Hogan. Well, he is, but he that's, is. that's for opinion, but. Yeah, Hulk Hogan with no fear at all, Billy Red Lions. I mentioned that name and no problem. But, like, really, they had, like, all these MSG and Boston Garden, all these house shows in 85, 86. Right. Savage won by count out a couple of times. Normally, Hogan won. Then it was kind of put on hold. Right. While they did other things. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, we all know the Mega Powers angle. Right. Was really a vehicle for them to feud again. Exactly. And it it was done very well with that whole, you know, Savage kind of... um you know, making little faces. Yeah, when he yeah, would, we he talked would, like, about that recently, lift right? Miss Elizabeth yeah. up and stuff, <laughs> so, and it's oh, very man. subtle. And the moment they finally like break up in the like hospital room <laughs> yeah, or whatever, which our friend Petey reviewed recently. Yep. Yeah, that is awesome. That's oh, like what a iconic. Segment. Like and it was I remember on prime that. time yeah. too. It was on primetime television. I yeah. mean, on NBC. Yeah, that was wasn't that one of the main events? The main event too. Yep. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you something right now. Those eyes right there. Those eyes. Great feud. That's neck and neck with Orndorff. I mean, the Savage Hogan one was longer, more nuanced, more intricate. Yeah, and it had a lot of stuff afterwards, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, yeah, I'd say the height of it was WrestleMania 5. After that, I wish it never happened. Actually, let's just bring this up right here because I'm thinking here. Okay, Does go this ahead. sag down the feud? So after their big WrestleMania five like blow off, right? Hogan wins. Yeah. Then it proceeds to turn into Savage just gets shit on for a year by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's like first of all, Hogan's got his manager now, Elizabeth, and then Savage brings in Sherry, the evil twin, the evil twin basically. <laughs> but like she's always like getting like beat up and stuff, looking stupid, looking stupid, stirring a cauldron. Yes. Yeah, so, and she's like a witch or something. And there's Zeus. Yeah, and then now there's Zeus. And so beefcake. Yeah, and Savage is associated with a loser. <laughs> and 
then you got Hogan with another idiot and <laughs> Brutus Beefcake. Really? So this thing just keeps going. And then finally, they kind of like end it for a period of time with this thing where they were supposed to fight each other, but with, like with have the... like Mike Tyson there. <laughs> yeah, Mid-event three. Yeah, but then. <laughs> and it was and then, Buster Douglas. And Tyson loses in Tokyo. And then, but yeah, that main event match in 90. Yeah, with Buster Douglas. Oh, God. And that's kind of the end of it. And then it just it keeps, like, happening in WCW, <laughs> yeah. too. Like, Yeah, the second Savage storms into WCW, he's like, oh, Hulk Hogan, yeah, I'm coming it's for like you. The, what so, the fuck? So, like, does all of this, like, extracurricular crap, like, you know. Can we break yeah. it into sections? Can we say the Hogan-Savage feud from WWF? Yeah. Only? Yeah. <laughs> Would that I, make it? Because, I mean, it, at least it wasn't... They went on, like, 95, they were, like, at odds. 98, they were at odds. 97, they were at odds. Yeah. They were always at odds in WCW, except true. briefly. I don't know. Is So does Hogan Orndorff just get the spot then, the first spot? I'll give it to that, and we'll discuss Hogan and Savage later. <laughs> okay. So for number one will be Hulk Hogan versus Paul Orndorff. You know, Michael. Yes. It is worth mentioning that the Hogan Andre feud is a damn good one as well because there were two phases to it the 1980 version. Yes. And the 87 88 version. Now, do you really count the 1980 version, though? Because, like, I think Hogan's so. not even anybody then. Ah, he was Hulk Hogan. He's, he's, he almost, wasn't, he's almost Thunderlips. He was like, not, yeah, <laughs> but he was still a pretty damn big deal, so much so that AWA scooped him up when Vince Sr. let him go. Why? Because he wore a cape? Like, yeah, it might have been the cape. <laughs> and they had Freddie Blassie, who was taking his career down the toilet he, at that point. He was impressive, though, no? Yeah. Really? So we're disqualifying that part of I it? I just think he was just, he's the equivalent of the big fat heels he would fight before just for Andre at that point. All right, well then, Hogan Savage is the, the best one I can think of, unless you got another one. No, well, I think that the Andre stuff, unlike the Savage stuff, it actually, like, enhances it. Okay, well, let's re- let's go through it real quick. We, yeah. we all know the several Piper's Pit segments to kick it off. Right. Well, first of all, it starts in 84 with the dumping of the champagne by Andre. Right. Oh, you're the champion. Nice of you. That's nice of you. And then, um, you know, several years later, Piper, Jesse Ventura stirring up some shit, right? Well, right. Piper's not. Jesse Ventura stirring up some shit. Bobby Heenan comes out. Right. Blah, blah. I hear the for well, tap and tap and tap. Yeah, hustle, titles hustle mania. Yeah. I'm there for one reason. To challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania. Right? Yeah. Hustlemania. The Hustlemania. No, the we're friends, belts. Andre. Yeah. No, yeah. no. You're blading. You're, you're bleed- <laughs> so he rips the crucifix yes. thing off, right? And he's blading. And he's bleeding. And that, for a lot of people, is a big deal. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, because I still hear people mention that, like, as part of the feud, like, oh, ho, ho, like, <laughs> he ripped his necklace off yeah. and Hogan always wore it. And what's pretty amazing is they have this, you know, we we don't need to talk about the match. We've talked about the match a lot. They have the WrestleMania 3 match. Andre dies right after. Right. And then somehow he's resurrected. Yeah. Right? In time for... Just just in time for that main event. Yeah. Survivor Series, he's like, I don't like you. Yeah. And then (laughs) main main event, February of 88, which we've also talked about, Million Dollar Man is now in the picture. Right. So Andre's going to win it for Mr. DiBiase. Diabetes, or whatever he says. Tag like, Team Championship. This is just the pass. I told you I was going to win. The World Tag Team Championship. 
So he <laughs> so he does, right? And but he doesn't really because Hogan got his shoulder up and how much money for the plastic surgery? Right, right. Identical. I can see the dollar bills falling out of the ref's pockets, all that nonsense. But then he surrenders the tag team championship to Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yes, I surrender. So they have the worst match ever at WrestleMania four. Right, with the, like chairs and aw- stuff. Awful. <laughs> And yeah. then the big blow-off is at WrestleFest 88 in the cage, July right. of uh, 88, and that was kind of really it. WrestleFest. Yeah, WrestleFest that's, 88, that's man. weird that that's the blow-off. It's weird event. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, that was definitely the... Fe- that has to go on there, That Quinn. has to because... Has to okay, there. so this is the main reason. Out of all of this, like, it starts off like junky. It's just like some Shea Stadium match. But it turns into the biggest attendance of, like, ever. Yeah, 78,000, if you believe Dave Meltzer. 93,173. Shut up, Meltzer. <laughs> match. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I would have to say, he probably gave that match a shitty rating. Uh, but I would have to say that's one of the all-time great feuds of WWF ever. Right, like, yeah. Just of WWF. Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't the first we yeah. nominated, but it's definitely in there. So we put it on, right? Yeah. All right, let's get it on there. Hogan Andre for number two. Okay, so the next one I want to nominate, how about the Ultimate Warrior feud? Uh, What do you think of this? Because some people Hmm. say it's great, and some people don't like it. I don't know that, like, it was a feud, but it wasn't, here's the problem with it. Okay. It wasn't so much a feud as it was, like, Jack Tunney was like, we're going to have them fight each other. And then they did. And they're like, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to kill your plane, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And all that. Planes into buildings, whatever. But (laughs) it did start well with that whole, like, at the Royal Rumble thing. Yes, it did with the double crisscross of Doom right, and all yeah. that. And then the Saturday Night's Main Event tag match against Perfect and Genius. Yes, and then them, like, saving each other or something. Like, but, like, assily. Yeah, like, Ultimate Warrior runs away like an idiot. You know what? Like, <laughs> yeah, when Earthquake had the, Earthquake had the brown, like, yeah. trunks on and it yeah, looked really weird. Yeah, what was that about? That was know. weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I guess it's no worse in terms of build than the Hogan Andre. Right. The short term build of it was good. Right. They had the you didn't need back then a million video packages and stare downs and matches with each other before the match. Right, right. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't back then you didn't have that really. People just saw it once and they were like, I want to see that and they had to wait like six months, so they yeah. were like <laughs> you know, they were like champing at the bit to right. see it. Champing. Yeah. I like that you always say that correctly, as you informed me a couple years ago. Yeah, that's the correct terminology. Look it up, folks. You know what? Yeah, and again, another great match. Yes. Another another good moment. One the, of the better Hogan matches. Yeah, and one of the better Warrior matches too. But the thing is, is all the nonsense afterwards. And that might be like Death Valley material, so let's hold off on putting it in. Okay, so we got that and Hogan Savage. Really? Hogan Savage is in a band? Well, just because of other things. Other okay. things. Well, I've got one for you then. Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, 85. Mm, that's a definitively good Hogan feud. That was WrestleMania 1. I and mean, that was the basis of it anyway. Before we get started, I want to fast forward to the end with the whole WCW thing. I don't think, even though that happens, it's actually like, I've rewatched it recently. It's not as offensive as I remembered it. It's more just like a nostalgia thing. Their 96 feud. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I'll fight you one more time, brother. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's nothing, it doesn't really matter. The, uh, such good work was done beforehand that I think it negates it in this circumstance. Okay, so then. Is this a legitimate contender, you think? I think it's a legit contender. It was Hogan, It was a really big feud for Hogan in 85. Right. And they had the blow-off, I get, the, the pay-per-view blow-off was at the Wrestling Classic. 
right. the one-on-one match. I know that, uh, I don't know that Hogan ever pinned him clean. He never beat Piper. Like, never legit. pinned him clean, right? It's the, it's one of the only people. Because Piper never lost clean, really. No. <laughs> now. Which says something the, the thing with him. All, yeah, no, it does. The thing with all this is that I think it's really punctuated by the uh, war to settle the score. In a, right before WrestleMania. Right. They have a match there too, right? Right. And that's, to, a lot of people remember that as like one of the big moments in the in the long-term feud of these two. And that was on MTV. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, and they carried that momentum of that feud into the, yeah. the WrestleMania the month later. Right. The first WrestleMania is headlined basically by this feud. Like, it is. It, it, I, that's I understand the main that, thing. Yeah, they need to have tag partners essentially to build tea into it. Exactly. But like, yeah, it's basically like what people want to see is Hulk Hogan fight Roddy Piper. It was a good feud. Yeah. I mean, and this is coming from a guy that was just doing like interview segments. Like, <laughs> and, and somehow it's like one of Hogan's best feuds. Well, Piper could talk. Yeah. And he was so the opposite of a typical Hogan heel. Yeah. Normally you have the big fat guy. Right. But he's like squirmy, kind of like yeah. he's like a slime ball. You know what I've noticed? The other two. Well, Andre's not a big fat heel. He's Andre the Giant. He's Andre. But, but all the other ones we've mentioned, yeah. Orndorff, Savage, and Warrior, uh, none of them are big fat heels. Right, exactly. And those are feuds people like with yeah, Hogan. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I'm I'm comfortable putting Piper on. I want to put Piper in first here. Really? You just yeah. wanna you don't think because anything can knock it off? I don't. Because the the last one I have to offer is like Maybe, but I don't think it would knock this one off. I'll put Hogan Piper yeah. in. It was damn good. It's damn entertaining. Piper could talk, especially in 85 could Piper talk. Right. Yeah. And Hogan was likable in 85 still. Yeah. He was actually like no, pretty was good. Just, yeah, it was like his height. It really was. It's I probably, mean, it was his early height. It's probably Hogan's height feud, basically. It's it's his That feud. and Andre. I mean, yeah. that, those, that yeah, those Orndorff two, and Andre. Those two are like the that, golden period of Hulk Hogan. 85 to 87 were his, like, his best years, yeah. really. So, uh, you know what? I'll put it on. Piper deserves it, too. I mean, he was awesome in that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, he was good. Okay, yeah. let's do it. For number three, Hogan Piper. So we've got Orndorff, Andre, and Piper. We need right. one more. What was the one you were going to say? The Undertaker. You think? I don't know. Well, I'll say this. It's one of the rare like moments where Hogan like surprisingly loses. Like, And I think it's very memorable because of that. Well, Yoko beat him too, though, Michael. Yes, but this was more stunning because of when it took place. It's in 91. 91. It's it's not like at the tail end when people know Hogan's on the way out the door. Now, that was kind of in the middle of the Ric Flair-Hogan feud, though, from 91. Right. So what do you think about that? The Flair. The Flair, but the Undertaker thing was interesting because it was Hogan running into, instead of a normal big fat heel, it's like phenom like a big an tall un- zombie a right zombie like he like hogan running into like the mystical crap like <laughs> like and i'm sure that's what they were probably thinking with the papa shango nonsense well that was a whole different yeah. ball game there yeah but i don't know the undertaker's memorable that and it also continues it if does you recall it continues when hogan regains the title in like the 2000s yeah, the Undertaker. Don't. That's the worst fucking thing Hogan didn't know too, though. Remember that? Yeah, he did. It's he beat the awful. Undertaker for the title, right? I don't know. Or Undertaker beat him. I think. I think he beat the Taker. No. Oh, did it go the other he way? He beat Triple H. 
Oh right, right, right. You're correct. <laughs> Which weird, right? It's funny that In we. Itself. It's funny that we remember it like all lopsided. He beat Triple H. Undertaker beat Hogan. Right. So they why did Booger it? Red have the world title in 02? Like the Booger Red version? Because because Booger Red. Well, because of that, this can't make it. Hogan Savage Quinn. Come on, are we out of our minds here? That feud, the real version of it from '85 to like '89, is incredible. It's and I so know they had diluted though. Quinn, the good stuff is better. It cancels out the dilution. Okay, one more. Fine. One more. One more. The Flair feud. WWF. And WCW. And WCW. They never really made Flair look dumb. Um, well, eh, that's debatable. That's debatable. Well, what was his first big feud with the NWO? Was it just like the WCW in general? <laughs> yeah, but the well, the whole thing with that was the four horsemen were fighting amongst themselves, like while the NWO was happening initially. Right. So that it's like basically they were like distracted with each other, and that's kind of when Piper ran in, right? Yeah. And then after that, it was Sting. I guess we can get to that. I don't know about Sting. Do you? <sighs> Sting. The '90s. I mean, that was that's there was another so good much, one. Yeah. So much intrigue to that, and so much interest, but they. It wasn't a good feud because Sting was never really there. Didn't yeah, really talk. I mean, I mean, maybe that is why it's good. Okay. On one hand, yeah. Starcade 97. Mm-hmm. Some people, not wrestling purists or whatever like us, but some people We're fondly purists? remember that. I don't. I think they do because if you were a, a smaller child, if you weren't our age. Yeah. This is like the big hero winning. You don't really care why he won. Like, okay. But really, was that a good feud? If you really I mean, think about it. It was kind of cool, actually. Uh, it was it was way different than any feud of the time. And the, whole, yeah. the whole, it was basically like, I'm not really going to fight you. I'm going to kind of outsmart you. Right. Because like, how do you fight a guy with a hundred goons around him? Mm. Like, you can't just fight him. Like, well, with a baseball bat. Right, but and it was, Bret Hart. But he kind of did it like stealthily, like he would come from the ceiling and surprise them, and like knock them all out, and then point the bat at Hogan. And, yeah, like, yeah, and that it had a lot of height. Dragged on for months and months and months, and they finally got to it, and it was disappointing. I don't know, I, Hogan Savage Quinn. Are you out of your mind? I just want. What are you doing here? I just want to put everything out. There. Are you afraid of Marty Howell? Because no. our perceived bias against no, the no, mega no. powers I'm, here. Towards... I'm afraid of the dilution at the end because. No, come on. If we put Hogan Piper on with their crap, with Piper shitting his pants during that feud, probably <laughs> literally, his fake hip. Yeah, I know. We're putting that on. You can't. Come on, Hogan Savage. Fine. The whole... oh, you're right. You're right. I just, I, for argument's sake, I always like to play it out. Fine, but based on watching the main event two alone, that right. feud should go on there. You're right. That whole oh Randy, even, that whole even thing. Even though that Buster Douglas stuff and all that crap. I know, but that's a one off. Just because they needed to blow it off and move on. I'm going Hogan Savage. Are you with me? I'm with you for number four. Yep. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. All right, for our friend Donnie, let's recap here. We have Hogan Orndorff. Right. Hogan Andre. Yep. Hogan Piper. Yep. And Hogan Savage for a Mount Rushmore. I think that's a very respectable list. Indeed. We want to know yours, folks, so you can tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can email us or simply let us know on the Facebook group. All right, Quinn, well, I started the best. You get to start the worst. Well. <laughs> oh, no. We got plenty here. <laughs> okay. I think I'm going to start with uh, the most obvious one. What is that, Quinn? The Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing, right? The whole thing. Now, there is a notable 
bad component of that. I mean, it's all bad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> From Kevin Sullivan to wasn't Kamala in the Dungeon of Doom? Yeah, yes. the Zodiac. All that shit. But the giant, Quinn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always like to segment the giant off. <laughs> okay. And maybe it can occupy two spots, but I'm not sure. I don't think Let's so. talk about it. Andre's re- son. So they bring him in, right? Yes. Andre's son. <laughs> There's that part of it. They kind of like acted like it, Kevin Sullivan was behind it, but I never felt like the giant was really part of the Dungeon of Doom necessarily. He was, though. Remember, but he, he was, was hanging he was, out with Zodiac all the time? like a minute, and then he's like, after, after they have the monster truck fight or whatever, like, he's just the giant. Like, <laughs> but, like, but the worst part of it is the monster truck fight, and that's when he's in the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> yeah, but then he's like in the NWO, and then he's not. <laughs> Why were they in monster trucks? <laughs> yeah. What was that? I just need to know who did that <laughs> okay so basically what it was was they had like some sponsorship with the monster truck so they had to involve them in this pay-per-view so when the giant hogan were feuding at the time and basically like the giant was driving around in his monster truck as we saw it in that nitro yes. where you're viewed yes and like hogan's like my monster truck's gonna get you and then they basically like had a monster truck sumo fight on a roof and then he threw him off the roof he threw him off the roof but then they fought later in the night <laughs> and, yeah. and giant won well because giant's so big he survived oh, I get him look. off of there oh. 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 no no oh my god no oh, oh no Now, also, at the very end of that, it introduced another component to that feud. Yeah. The Yeti. Oh, God, no! Remember, that's how that ended, is the Uh, Yeti and the Giant did a double hug on Hogan. Yes, the double hug. That whole thing was bizarre. The whole feud, Hogan's horrible acting. I remember there's one thing where he's like, where am I? There's no Hulkamaniacs here. (laughs) Yeah, he's all concerned. It's foggy. Like... (laughs) It's fucking yeah. Can we just put it in, please? Okay, so we counting the giant or the the, whole thing. the, the dungeon of doom, it, including the giant, though. Okay, now the master was all behind this too. <laughs> Shut up. So is he feuding with the master? He's or? feuding with the fans at that point because they were sick of him and sick of this feud. Oh, and we forgot one other aspect of it. <laughs> Go ahead, Dark Hogan when they shaved his mustache off. Oh, like Kevin Sullivan dressed up like a lady yeah, and like ambushed him. Yeah, and as we reviewed on that Nitro a couple weeks ago, Hogan was an asshole the whole feud. Yeah. So, like, why would I like him? And sorry, I said one more thing, but there's also one other very big notable thing about all this. Fine, go ahead. The three-level caged thing. Yes, that's that's the cap-off there. That's that's the blow-off. So, basically, they got anybody who ever hated Hogan, including, like, the four horsemen, like (laughs) Arn Anderson in sweatpants. Lex Luger for no reason. Yeah, because he was, like, kind of friends with Jimmy Hart or something. (laughs) And like that's that's yeah, true yes yeah some <laughs> shit like that so yeah that whole garbage sucked get it in just put it in death valley here it goes die 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 all right so now that that's out of the way the dungeon of doom i have one for you michael sure remember when hogan fought jay leno yeah what the hell was that feud about <sighs> it's not very long first of all it's like a month still Why was he feuding with Jay Leno? <laughs> because, man. Yeah, I mean, they beat the hunk thing here, and I mean, it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. Well, they just, they wanted Jay Leno. Why? Because wasn't Dennis Rodman involved in that, too? Who Quinn. was on Hogan's side in that tag B- thing? Bischoff against Bischoff. Okay, Jay yeah, in the, Leno. In the judo outfit. DDP. But, Quinn, I just need to say this. Jay Leno! <laughs> Come on! Didn't he, like, put, 
Hogan in like an arm lock or something. Yeah, he did. He, like an arm ringer, yeah. I think. And <laughs> it's like, I can wrestle now. <laughs> I mean. Okay, it wasn't that let, long. Unlike the Dungeon of, this is why, unlike the Dungeon of Doom, we had so many things. True. We could, like so yeah. many things. And this Jay wasn't Leno, that long. Yeah, Jay Leno, literally, it's like a month. And there's that weird like vignette where Bischoff has like Miss Elizabeth on like the. Yeah, on the Tonight Show. On the fake like Tonight Show. <laughs> yeah. And like Hogan's yelling about how he's good or something pretty much yeah all right i got one for you then sure it's wcw it's Mm -hmm. hogan vader that one is bad and it's it's not because i want it to be it's because it just is because i love vader me too but it just makes vader look dumb yeah because they took like the old wwf format yeah of like big they treated vader like he was king kong bundy and maybe you'll want to bring him up later but they treated vader like he was a king kong bundy or something yeah where the fans were clamoring to see him vanquish vader the thing is is vader had maybe half the crowd on his side yeah people he was loved vader him. yeah dude <laughs> no vader was coming off like his feud with like the boss and yes. shit like that where people were like they just wanted to see these two fat guys right. beat each other up this and it was, was awesome world champion like a year or two prior yes vader it's vader Vader. The Vader. Like, the good Vader. Yes. And then Hogan's like, oh, no, no, no. Wag my finger at you. <laughs> it's like, I'm so good, basically. Bullshit. I it's, hated it's that It's fucking feud. bullshit. Put it, just, no. Okay, like, I'm fine. I hate that. I do, too. Like, because I hate it. they treated Vader like he was a, like, was a, jobber. a jobber of the month. Yeah. You know, like the big fat job, like one-man yeah. gang. Whoever you want to pick, you know what I mean? He, he, could, he was basically treated like he was the Yeti or something. Yeah. Like, essentially. Bullshit feud. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit feud. Ego stroke for Hogan. Yeah. And it's in 95, too, when it didn't need to be an ego stroke for Hogan. Yeah. So, die, die, die. Bullshit. Yeah, die, die, die. Die, die, die. Hogan Vader for number two. You got one, Michael? What about Hogan versus Kidman? This is an interesting one. From 2000. Yes. Yeah, that one's a weird feud. I know that... Kidman got a win over Hogan, one win over Hogan. Right. Why the what why were they feuding? Was that uh, Russo? That was the that feud between Russo. the new blood. So that was Russo. And Hogan was sporting like a some weird logo like like the F Yeah, F U N B. F U N B. He was like not NWO Hogan, but he was like Street yeah. Hogan or something. <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. <laughs> he wasn't Dark Hogan. He wasn't NWO yeah, Hogan. he wasn't Dark Swords. Uh, no. Zorro Hogan. <laughs> Zorro Hogan? Yeah. He was... <laughs> he was Street Thug. He was a Final Fight Hogan. Yeah. You know what Streets I mean? Streets of Rage. Mad, Mad Gear yeah. Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, some crap like that. That but was a weird feud, though. I don't know if it's necessarily, like, the worst, only because, like, I appreciate that he put Kidman over and didn't, like, ask for his win back. Are you sure he didn't get it back, though, Quinn? I, he might have. I don't remember. I don't think so. I think he probably... It's Hogan. Are you sure? Maybe he was gone. Maybe Russo called him bald uh, at the Bash at the Beach before Hit- Kidman could uh, job to him again. I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe that's yeah, what happened. What about... Okay, wait. Okay, go uh, ahead. On that same tangent, what about that Hogan versus Jared feud they had for a second? Like, Jeff Jarrett's as good as Hulk Hogan or something? Yeah. The only thing there that I can kind of understand is at some point... Jarrett is... I don't like Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I don't think he he's on should, a higher level than Billy Kidman, star-wise. I don't think he should ever... He's No, he isn't. Yes, he is. He is and Quinn, he isn't. he is. He is. J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-W-E-double-T. Yes. That guy yes. is on the same level. A higher level than Billy Kidman as a sort superstar. Of. Yes, he is, especially <laughs> in 2000. How about this one? I don't know what your thoughts are on this one. I didn't like it, though, because of the way they did it. It's another similar to Vader one. Hogan Sid from 92. Eh, it, it was like 
It was Did shitty. It, was anything happening in that feud, though? It was, like, just quickly set up for, like, WrestleMania. Sid was a legit threat, though. He was. I guess they treated him like one. You know what? They they did treat him like one. Yeah, they had that whole build-up as he leaves the ref at You're Summer right, Slam you're right, okay. That. It's I just, just somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's, like, the worst thing ever. I do think this one is. Okay, go ahead. I hate the Earthquake feud. Really? Because he doesn't make Earthquake look good. No, and when we were talking to Scott last Thursday, he mentioned that that feud drew a lot of money, but money and quality don't necessarily go hand in hand. I mean, it kind of did, but I don't remember it on TV being like presented very well, other than these really actually, bizarre like uh, Get Well Hogan Well, that things. was horrible. Yeah. But actually, Quinn, I beg to differ, he did kind of make Earthquake look good. He never lost to him by pinfall on TV. Yeah, but did that feud ever even get resolved? Because that's what Scott was saying. Like, according to Scott, it was on the host show circuit that yeah. it did get resolved. So <laughs> I, uh, so I don't know if I could put that on. That's not that bad. It's not great. Don't get me wrong. It's not like an all time classic. Okay. Well, in, in the same vein as that, how about King Kong Bundy? Yeah, I mean that one's that to me. Again, we weren't you weren't born at the time. I was months old when that feud happened, so we couldn't have known the pulse at the time. Yeah. But even looking back as a young fan when I first got into wrestling, I didn't buy Bundy as a threat to Hogan. No way. The broken ribs notwithstanding, you know? But we also did not see the television where he would, like, beat jobbers up with the five count and everything. True. So I could see why it might have been impressive, but it turned out stupid. Yeah. Like, it was just an excuse for Hogan to rip his shirt off on the top of a cage. (laughs) Like, and just... You know, vanquish another fat heel at WrestleMania. Yeah. You know what? I have one for you, Quinn, but it's controversial. Sure. Hogan's Sting. I actually think it's one of the worst. I didn't say that too much earlier, but I really didn't think it was that good. This is where I disagree a little bit. And that's fair. You're allowed. And this is why. Basically, the build to it was so strong. Yeah. And Sting did win. He did. Shittily. He shittily won, but he won. Yeah. And that's kind of why I'm like, I'm on the fence about it. I'm just like, but it f- wasn't what we hoped for. But at the same time, it's like people were so excited about that. And like the crowd does pop regardless of like how it happens. They're, well, of course they did. They're really excited. But like, one pop does not a good feud make, Michael. I you know what I mean? I would say it helps Sting in the long run. It didn't. But. I it will say Hogan. the feud as a whole, uh-huh. it has like a beginning and an end, and it just it is what it is. Like, okay, it's not the worst ever. Can I tell you one that was really bad? Sure, Hogan McMahon. Yes, and they put it on WrestleMania 19. That was shit. No one really wanted to see Hogan fight McMahon. Like, was that like a dream match that I'm not aware of? It was only a dream match because the opportunity existed. And I'll, let me explain mm, that a okay. little bit. It's yeah, like, go ahead. Basically, like. We knew that there was some kind of bad blood between Vince and Hogan, like in the past. In the past, not then. And now that Vince was an on-screen character that wrestled, right. they just like took that as like an excuse, and they were like, "Oh, finally, we can make them fight when Hogan comes back." Okay. And it's terrible, not only just because like, why would Vince McMahon beat Hulk Hogan? It's stupid. Right. And why would they fight at WrestleMania? Really? But it leads to like this whole thing where he can't wrestle in the WWF, so he comes back as Mister yes. America. Oh God! And it's basically like Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan's stupid joke from like the machines back in '86, <laughs> like it, like amplified for like the attitude, ruthless aggression era. It is funny though when Hogan's like, "I am not Hulk Hogan, brother." 
Yeah. That is a funny little yeah. wink at the crowd there. But really, why do they do that feud? It's really stupid. You know what's even worse, maybe, is we talked about it, so I don't want to rehash it too much, but Hogan Michaels, it was a yes, bad feud. that's really bad. That might go on. Yeah, I actually think both of those could... Really? As the two worst Hogan we have, feuds? We have two more, We have two right? open, yeah. Hogan, all right, well, let's just pick one first. Which is worse? Hogan Michaels, because they made Michaels turn heel. Yeah. And they did the Larry King skit, which we mentioned, and, and it was just a stupid summer Everything feud. about it was dumb. I think that's worse. Put it in? Yes. All right, Hogan Michaels. Die, die, die. So we got Hogan McMahon as a contender. Are there any others that were missing here? I mean, Hogan had a lot of feuds, for crying out loud. He did. Yeah. And a lot of them were one-off matches, you know, with yeah. fat guys, so it's hard to make them the worst, necessarily. You know, you know what's one dumb one? Yeah. Is when um, Brutus the Barber, like, he's not in the Dungeon of Doom no, yet. No, like, oh, the, the one... Three Faces of Fear. Yeah. And it, he was with Kevin Sullivan, and he was the Butcher. Yes. And they headlined Starcade 94. Yeah, that's poop. That's sw- that smells and reeks of cronyism. <laughs> oh, it's the most cronyism of cronyism. That's the word. That that can go on quick, that I think, because... That sucks. Like, Brutus Beefcake... At the biggest pay-per-view WCW has... Had no business yes. being a main eventer. Yeah. Ever. Maybe yeah. in 90 before he broke his face. That yeah. might have been about it. <laughs> yeah. That was the best he ever was, I think, was like 1990. Yeah. Wait. Also, there's also one oh, more no. in that vein. Okay. Um, Hogan and Beefcake versus Money, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that feud because I hate 93 Hogan. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. And I hate that he always called him the multi-million dollar yeah. man. But multi-million dollar man. Man. But that wasn't a feud feud. It was like really brief. Hogan Butcher. Yeah. Because, Hogan Butcher is terrible. Because he was the masked man, remember, that <sighs> attacked Hogan with the pipe. And he had like dumb sunglasses on to make him look eviler yeah, or something. Yeah, but it was just fucking Ed Leslie. Yeah. Why is he a main eventer? Past his prime. Past his prime. That says something, too, because he was younger than Hogan, but Hogan was still, like, somehow in, it, like, his an acceptable prime. <laughs> Hogan somehow <laughs> looked acceptable. Brutus Beefcake is stupid at that like, point. no offense, Ed Leslie. Yeah, but I have no problem with Ed Leslie as, as a the human, person. No, but I just, that is just dumb. But that reeked of Hogan being like, yeah, let me get him a big payday. You know, yeah. let me get him a big feud. That would Why? be like if they did like Hogan Honky Tonk Man in like God. 96 or something. Hogan Knobs, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay, I, I'll... F that. I'll, I'll put it in with yeah. you. That'll be number four. Die, die, die. Well, that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Hulk Hogan feuds. I'm not recapping the worst donnie all right figure it out for yourself (laughs) but folks we want to know yours obviously let us know if we missed anything i'm sure we did i'm sure we overlooked something or maybe you'll disagree with us marty howell so you can (laughs) let us know by tweeting at us at ovp podcast you can email us or just let us know on facebook quinn when we come back we've received a tape in the mail so we will be reviewing something right after this oh oh where am I? There's no Hulkamaniacs here. I've never been here before. Ah! It's not hot! Where is this place? I know you! I know you too! You two are behind the demise of Hulkamania! I know about the Zodiac! I know about the dangerous Kamala! Hell yeah! 
I know about the man-eater. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, as I mentioned before the break, we got a tape in the mail, and we obviously have to review that if we get a tape in the it mail. It was a mystery tape. To our P.O. box. I had to inspect it first. I had to because, make sure, you know. Yeah, you, you don't Oof. want it to be anything... So smelly, or <laughs> something like that. So we pop it into the VCR, and what did it wind up being? WWF Sunday Night Slam from March 26, 1995. Mm. So 95, can't escape that stench. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what the hell was Sunday Night Slam, folks? You might be wondering if you're not uh, up to speed on that. Well, back in the late 80s and early 90s, Quinn, if you recall, they used to have these specials on the USA Network before some of the big pay-per-views, there was the SummerSlam Spectacular about yes. a week before SummerSlam, the Survivor Series Showdown, yes, and the March to WrestleMania. They had a bunch of these. Right. Now, if the only one that I ever recall being important was the one where the Million Dollar Man won the title back from Virgil because, like, yes. Repo came out or whatever. <laughs> Survivor Series Showdown. That was, like, the only time any of these things mattered. I think you're right, although... The SummerSlam Spectacular of 92 had that uh, Savage and Warrior against the Nasty Boys match where they like Great. where Savage and Warrior fought. Remember, they got all mad at each other. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that, that to me, that's not as important as the million dollar title. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hands. Very prestigious. Well, it was only the like, second time ever. So that's kind of important. So <laughs> WWF by 94, they did the March to WrestleMania for 94. It sucked. I've seen it. Then they had these things, um, three of them, called Sunday Night Slam. And it would be the week before a pay-per-view. And they had one the week before SummerSlam, or a week or so before SummerSlam 94. It was really bad. It had Diesel <laughs> versus Typhoon, Quinn. Wonderful. <laughs> they had um, a Sunday Night Slam in November of 94. And they had a Sunday Night Slam right before WrestleMania 11. Yes. And that's what we have the pleasure of reviewing today, thanks to our mystery friend, yeah. our tape trader. I it guess. just says question mark <laughs> on the like on the package <laughs> from question mark. And this is also from a question mark. We don't know where this is from, so I had to look it up. It's actually from some fucking Civic Center in California, this show. It looks like crap, as you <laughs> yeah. might imagine, for 95. I mean, it's the typical, like, tiny arena you could tell they do the thing where they try to make it look bigger but yep. when you can see like posts and the ceiling <laughs> yeah. like you know it's not big exactly now we get a cold open here and it's got vince mcmahon narrating a surprisingly very good <laughs> promo okay the promo <laughs> is great it's for a steel cage match okay. yes that seems intriguing but for what <sighs> <laughs> and this is the last time, Quinn, we're talking about this. Well, it's okay. It's apropos that it's the last time because it's got to be like the end of this forever. It is Lex Luger versus Tatanka in their never ending feud. This thing that has not escaped us since I believe episode, episode one. one with heel Tatanka being <laughs> yes. like the first topic or something <laughs> we ever did. It was. We have right. never been able to escape this feud. So whoever sent this must have known that we needed to put like a nail in the coffin here on this yeah. garbage dump of a feud. Ugh, this garbage dump of a feud is right. So the promo is good though and they hype it up like it's the most serious important 
important feud in the world, Quinn. Notice they don't show the Chief J. Strongbow <laughs> incident or any of the other nonsense that, thanks to these reviews, we've had to deal with. Yes. With this crap. That's true. And you had a good question for me. You said, why didn't they just do this at WrestleMania? Okay, so... Later on in the show, not to spoiler, but it's because everyone knows the WrestleManias, the like allied powers yeah. are going to face Jacob and Eli Blue with Dutch Mantel there, yes, yes. Uncle Zeb, whatever you want to call him. Yes. That match is like, why is yeah. that there? It's just like fluff filler. It is. But they have this feud that they've been building since like SummerSlam <laughs> yes. or some shit. And they, they're like, ah, just put it on Sunday Night Slam. <laughs> yeah, no like, one, which probably no one watched, yeah, by the way. exactly. Honestly. And also, Tatanka had a very interesting line, which I know, Quinn, you're going to speak more on later during the match. But Tatanka had a very interesting line right. about Luger just like ravaging his people years ago, you know? When you and all those immigrants put my people and he caged them on territory on one piece of land it all made sense to me at this point and i started to just feel for tataka and we'll get into it oh, when yeah. we go to the match but it, yeah it, it was a very notable line there also luger's mullet here is out of control <laughs> yeah it's, it's really like bad. macgyver yeah so we get a strange opening and it's like the modified <laughs> wrestlemania yeah, it's theme really weird i i don't do, 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 do. What are you, (laughs) Vanilla Ice? (laughs) (laughs) And we're hosted by this odd team of Vince McMahon and Jim Ross. What? It's like two Bud Abbott's, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. no, two color guys. Yeah, or or two play-by-play guys. Yeah. Very weird. And we get an even stranger opening match. It's Intercontinental Champion Jeff Jarrett with the roadie versus Bob Backlund? Heel versus heel. And, okay, they explain, like, yes. what happened here. Yes. They basically say that Backlund, like, somehow, like, beat up Barry Horowitz, who was about to sign a contract. First of all, <laughs> Barry Horowitz was supposed to be getting an intercontinental title shot on, yeah. like, Sunday Slam or whatever. He hadn't even beaten Skip yet. Yeah. He hadn't even done no, that not, yet. Not at all. I And what's weird about this is I feel like it would be more intriguing to watch like Barry Horowitz get a title shot I on know, this than it would have Backlund been. in a heel versus heel match. And what's weird is Backlund gets the jobber entrance. He's already in the ring. Well, that's because Backlund doesn't have music, first of all. And True. second would of all, killed, yeah. it's only like an hour long, so they can't like they don't have time for him to like jump all all around and whatever <laughs> with his hiney and all that From shit. Princeton, Minnesota. Yeah. Like, I'm here. Like <laughs> ugly Irish whip sequence to start just sloppy. And then Backlund does this whole like whoa offense, you know, like the body slam, the double underhook suplex, right. the atomic drop, and then the roadie gets bumped in the middle of all that, which was kind of funny. Now, then, yeah, now, go ahead. It, now Backlund's the face kind of I mean of not here. really, but just goes to show that given a choice, folks, <laughs> between crazy old ass Bob Backlund right. and Jeff Jarrett, mm-hmm. people like Bob Backlund more. Yeah. Weird. And I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean no one likes Jeff Jarrett. He broke six thousand guitars, never drew a dime. You know, he he hit a thousand guitars, never drew a dime. <laughs> that old thing. Yeah. So Jared takes over with a hip toss into his short arm, arm scissors for like three minutes. Jared's <laughs> just laying on the guy's arm. Again, broke a thousand guitars, <laughs> never drew a dime. But then this was interesting, Quinn, and Backlund gets a big face reaction because he powers out of it. Yeah. He stands up like that old bulldog. Bulldog used to do that spot too. Right. Like the power up and he puts him on the top rope, but then the roadie like slyly interferes. Right, right. So ref doesn't see it. Oh, well. Oh, well. By the way, speaking of the ref, it's Earl Hebner. He's back in the stripes. 
stripes. They've recently reinstated the black and white yes. stripes after all these years. Now, he has the short sleeve stripes, and we'll go into this later, but there's, <laughs> there's other modifications <laughs> yes, of this uniform. There are. So they're, they did the blue shirts for all these years, but they're back in stripes now, just like, in time for WrestleMania. No, no more bow ties. No more bow tie. We're back to being Foot Locker employees. <laughs> yeah. We come back from commercial, and Jarek gets back on an abdominal stretch. Now, by the way, this match is not even as good as I'm making it sound, just for the record here. And yeah, Backlund is clearly getting the face reaction. So we get a big pile driver by Backlund, and he starts looking at his hands. Backlund's like, oh no, my hands are telling me it's time to do the cross-face chicken wing. And he's about to. But then Razor Ramon runs in to make the save because, obviously, Quinn, yes. Razor wants Jarrett to keep the Intercontinental title so he can win it from him at WrestleMania. Right. Which he didn't. <laughs> yes. So this is weird. They they did all this like stuff here and like WrestleMania 11 really didn't lead to much, did it? It didn't. Yeah. It honestly was a very disappointing show. So then Backlund Quinn puts Razor Ramon in the chicken wing and then all three guys are beating Razor down until yeah. Bret Hart makes the save. Yeah. I don't get this because Backlund's just kind of been robbed of like a title match. Yeah. Why is he helping them? I don't know. Like, doesn't he want to win the belt? I don't know. Uh, oh, I know. I know. He's crazy. So it doesn't matter. <sighs> That's and- bullshit. <laughs> that they can just write that shit off. That's crap. Quinn, you had a very funny comment to me about when Brett made the save. You, yeah. You were saying how like he runs in and immediately starts doing yes! the five moves he, of doom. He seriously just tries to like set him up for the five moves of doom. Like <laughs> that's not what you do on a run and you just like punch him or something. I swear I saw an inverted atomic drop yeah, there. It I'm not really sure. did happen. He was like, going for it. And then the kid makes the save too. It shouldn't he have come out first? <laughs> Isn't he like Razor Ramon's best friend? Yeah. You know, after he like stole things from him. Yeah, let's not get into that. That was treacherous, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Then they play Brett's music after the save. <laughs> great oh okay and he wasn't the one that was like in the match or anything no. or you know no one there was in this match yeah. <laughs> we'll just play brett's music why not you know <laughs> so two notes on this further the crowd was very hard to see and what i mean by that is the arena lights are so <laughs> dim because clearly there's got to be no one there <laughs> three thousand people maybe i mean honestly there's probably I not mean, many people there this what's crazy about that is like we're like in mania season I know. Like, nowadays, that would be, like, unthinkable. But we're in 1995. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, this is the same year I saw an event at a high school gym. So. Right, which was probably bigger than this place, in all honesty. <laughs> and then the other weird note about this is for JR and Vince being on commentary, normally when JR was on with Vince in any capacity, like yeah. with King or whatever, JR was kind of like a color guy with King. Right. Vince is the color guy. Here. Yeah, I this JR's is really, on play by play. Really strange. Vince on color? Like I never remember that happening. Me either. This is the only time I can think of where it's very strange. Vince is there and not doing play play by play. He's just there like saying other stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't get why I don't understand why they did this. And there's like more to say the, about this later. Yeah, right. But, we'll have more on yeah. that. Don't worry, folks. So anyway, promotional consideration, yes, they were still using that in ninety five. <laughs> With Lord Alfred is paid for by Stephanie Wyand reminding us that WrestleMania is a week away. And I said this to you. I said, did you ever think you would hear those two like voices like side by side? Right, Lord Alfred and then Stephanie Wyand? Yeah, everyone's favorite mom. <laughs> we go back to the ring, and we've got Quinn Head Shrinker Sioni. Could they have just called him the Barbarian at this point? Like, who gives yeah. a shit about the Head Shrinkers? <laughs> And Barbarian's awesome. 
And like, he's by himself. Yeah. So what is the point of the Sioni crap? Like he's got like this like skull and crossbones thing on his head. <laughs> headdress. But yeah. what's funny? And he's he's got like the the skirt or whatever. Yeah, the head trigger skirt. He rips it all off, and he just looks like regular yeah, barbarian. He's just barbarian. Yeah, it's stupid. And he is fighting our WrestleMania 11 main eventer. Bam Bam Bigelow! <laughs> yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow here. So he makes his way out, and then we clip right to commercial. When we come back, they're in the middle of Sione failing to body slam Bam Bam, you know, their yeah. clotheslines, all that crap. <laughs> now, Quinn, I need to mention here, yeah. Danny Davis and his shemp <laughs> haircut is the referee here. <laughs> and you had a very big problem with his attire in general. Okay, so here's Danny Davis. Never mind that he looks like shemp. Shemp Davis here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got long sleeve, like baggy footlocker ref shirt on. Like, Looks like he no, borrowed first it. First of all, like nobody is wearing this other than him. Yeah. And it has like the WWF like epaulette or whatever you would call that crap did on the corner. Ju- did he just like request a long sleeve <laughs> shirt? Was he shirt? like sewing it in the background, like on just like a footlocker shirt, like his day job or something? Because there's no way in hell the refs were getting paid enough in 1995. <laughs> in fact, I don't remember him ever wearing short sleeves, Quinn. Are you sure? Yeah. Maybe he had like sailor tattoos or something <laughs> like Tony Gurria or some shit. But anyway, he looks like he should be like an MMA ref. And I'm like, why doesn't he have those like black, like, like rubber gloves on in yeah. case they start bleeding? <laughs> right. Especially with these two. They're like head butt masters. Yes, they are. Yeah. Butt heads. One I of don't them. know. It just he really bothered me because he was completely different from all the refs. No, he was. And actually as Bam Bam stomps and stomps Barbarian a real lot, you then started the pontificate, Quinn, about the referee like winter attire. Yes. You got so caught up on the long sleeves. <laughs> I did. I was like, is there separate ref like winter gear? And it's funny, you don't pay attention to it a lot, but like it, like even now, like I'm not sure just thinking about it. It's like in the in the winter, do the refs have long sleeves? I forget. Well, folks, if you have any insight onto the referee attire, please <laughs> Please let us know. We'd be happy to hear about that. In the meantime, we get a big power slam by Barbarian. Right. And Quinn, you are singing his praises. Yeah, this whole he's great here. He's he, gra- he really is. He's like, still good. Yeah, he's still good. There's no reason he should be like in a tag team wrestling by himself. I know. Named Sione. <laughs> named Sione, yeah. And then he goes up top and he misses a flying headbutt, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's fighting the master of the flying headbutt. Yeah. And then Bigel gets an enziguri, and then, surprisingly, a flying crossbody block for the win. Yeah, that was weird. Speaking of Tony Gurria. Yeah. Now, the sad-ass million-dollar corporation <laughs> trots down to ringside, and meanwhile, Quinn calls Kama Kamala, because who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, he might as well have been. <laughs> like, do you think, like, if Kamala was in the million-dollar corporation, like, retroactively, would yeah. you, like, remember it any different? No. Yeah, exactly. It'd be the same thing. It could have happened. It could have happened, it, and I wouldn't have known, yeah. you know? It's just like his face paint's green or something. <laughs> like, yeah. What a sad fucking collection though what a sorry excuse for a stable this was yeah it's so bad they were awful and i remember like after like bam bam lost at wrestlemania like famously that like they dumped bam bam but if you look at this right (laughs) they only come out like after he wrestles it's like they're like half involved in this so who gives a shit in their case if bam bam wins or loses why do they care so much Why why do they care and then they replace him with sid Great move. The worst version of Sid. What an acquisition. Yeah, really. So then Bam Bam says, he gets on the mic, he says he's going to set LT on fire. Who is he, Kane? Well, he has the flame head, so. (laughs) So is that how he does it? He just touches them with his head? It's very hot. 
a hot head. He's a hot head. <laughs> good one, Quinn. Tomorrow on Raw, a good match. Brett and Owen are going no holds barred. That's weird, right? Again, yeah. it's almost WrestleMania. Yeah. Brett's facing Backlund. Backlund. Like, huh? What? Why didn't you just do that Owen match again? You got nothing else better planned for this. Just do the <laughs> SummerSlam 95 way of doing it. <laughs> I'll fight my brother Owen. Yeah. So we go back to the ring and Vince in his raw turtleneck. Yeah, I yeah. never heard of that one before. Seriously. Okay, raw turtleneck. He's supposed to be on Sunday Night Slam. This is where, like, hints start to come out that, right. like, this was just some raw shit that they filmed and, like, yes. we're gonna just use it for later. And packaged later. Yeah. Like, they probably didn't even know what was going on what right. when they filmed it, yeah. you know? Then they're like, alright, we'll put Bigelow Sioni on Sunday Night Slam. <laughs> Great. So anyway, he brings out Diesel. Yeah. Dan Connor making his entrance here. <laughs> With his Roseanne music. This is a, a precursor to the Attitude Era. JR does a promo for Skittles. Yeah, I was surprised King wasn't with him during that. It was weird. Skittles, JR! Yeah. Roman Reigns Sr. gets in the ring, and Vince Ramp... Vince rambles on and on. And you yeah. said to me, look at him, he's so proud. He is. He's, like, looking at him. Like, he's like, oh, my This is my champion. He's my baby. (laughs) More than any other WrestleMania in history, the eyes of the entertainment world, the eyes of the sporting world will focus on April the 2nd. This is the best part, though. With within all the rambling, Vince doesn't even ask a question. Yeah. He just gives the mic to Diesel with nothing. <laughs> so Diesel just says WrestleMania a bunch of times. <laughs> He's like, it's WrestleMania. It's my first WrestleMania. It won't be my last WrestleMania. I'm defending the title at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. WrestleMania 11. My first WrestleMania and my first title defense at a WrestleMania. Vince is doing, like, almost all the talking here. He's carrying this whole thing, and not well, I might add. Mm -hmm. And then Diesel says Sean is the best athlete ever or something, but he's not going to win. Yeah. And then Vince brings up Sid. Diesel's like, yeah, Sid's really big. Yeah. It's nice that we're talking about Sid before this match instead of his opponent. I know. (laughs) It's true. Also, it's funny. Nash is calling Sid big. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, that that Nash, doesn't make any sense. It'd be like me calling you big. Like, we're, like, the yeah. same size. Yeah. <laughs> and why is, like, Diesel acting like he, like, <laughs> beat anybody, like, reputable for the title? We just saw Mr. Bob Backlund, the guy he beat for the belt. And he only had that match because Bret Hart, like, wanted to go film Lonesome Dove or something. <laughs> Probably. You know, I wanted to be uh, an actor, so I figured I like John Wayne and Cowboys a real lot, so I figured I would um, do this um, show called Lonesome Dove. Yeah, that went that went that great. Went great yeah. You ever see any of his appearances on that? It's it's he's I not haven't. he's not that good. It, it's I honestly love. Brett. The only other appearances he ever made, from my knowledge, were like on The Simpsons and Mad TV. Yeah, he was on that a couple times yeah, with Will, Will Sasso. Sasso. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but these weren't like big things. Like, no, they Brett weren't. Did not have a good acting career. No, ahead of him. God, no, he yeah. wasn't a good actor. Good promo in his later career, sort of. Ninety six. Yeah, yeah, late, yeah, later, but. But actor? The yeah. actor? <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Weird. What is that weird clip you once sent me where he's like, has a gun or something? I don't know. I forget <laughs> what that is, but there is something with Bret Hart with a gun. I don't remember. <laughs> in like a movie. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Why is I think it's what, at, when he looked like a Navajo Indian woman later on. Don't make fun of him. <laughs> so Sean uh, struts out and he doesn't lose a smile on the way to the ring, but he's got a beard. Which he did lose later. <laughs> and Sid, who he also lost later. Yeah. And then Sean yells about how he... This is funny, Quinn, because you said this yeah. about D. 
Diesel not beating anybody reputable. Sean yells about how he earned this title he shot. He did. He won the Royal Rumble <laughs> at number one. <laughs> right. Like, nobody brought him in. You know, right. nobody gave him title shots. That's he true. earned it. And he says the new generation is going to start, but it's not going to start with Diesel. It's going to start with HBK. Well, I wish it wouldn't start at all, to be honest. <laughs> skip right to the Attitude Era. <laughs> then Sid starts yelling, and in the middle of that, yes, this was bizarre. <laughs> we have technical difficulties. This is what happened from, from our vantage point. Yeah. As Sid starts yelling, the tape rewinds backwards. Right. Now, at first you thought it was like somebody We thought it, it was wrong. like whoever taped this fucked up when they were dubbing it or whatever, right? right? Yeah. And that would have been what I still thought, if not for the fact that the screen then goes black. Yeah. And then, like, a Sunday Night Slam static logo just appears on the screen. Yeah, like your typical, like, technical difficulty. It's just, like, the show card. <laughs> yes! Title card. But the title card yeah. is just on the screen. And at no point did that ever happen right. when we were watching it. And then we go back to Sean coming back out. Right. Just, so, like... It replays. Either... And, and the USA Network logo was in the corner the of the whole screen. Time. yeah. So we know it was taped off USA and not like Sky Sports or whatever, right? Yeah. And to the best of my knowledge, this never re-aired. Yeah. So what do you mean to tell me that they fucked up when they were playing the master tape? Well, this is my favorite part, is that it, it exposes this charade that they've <laughs> charade. been that they've been trying to like front the whole show that this is live or yeah, something. Sure. It's like it literally like the tape rewinds. Like on the air. <laughs> it's amazing. I can't even explain it. I can't cut it in because there's no like you don't hear like beep, 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 beep. Yeah, like it's it just, silent rewinding. Yeah. But I promise you, it's real, folks. It <laughs> rewinded, then you get a please stand by card. Basically, yeah. it's very, very strange. Then we have Sid yelling again. He said he's going to break Diesel's stinking back. Okay, uh, okay. Sean says it's going to be a once in a lifetime performance. So we're already talking about performances right. versus fighting. This is, this is weird. And then he says he's going to go over at WrestleMania. Yeah, but then again, Diesel does pick it up because he says, he goes, over my dead body. Uh-huh. Yeah, but- so Vince doesn't, like, fire both of them, basically. <laughs> he's, like, saving his ass. Look at these insider terms yeah. here. Performance. You know, he's yeah. not going to wrestle him, Quinn. He's not going to try to beat yeah. him. He's not going to try to fight him. He's performing right. at WrestleMania, and he's going to go over. Come on. 95. Something about that tells me that there was more to the story there. Like, somebody was mad at somebody. You think so? I don't know. The I have way- no idea. Sean with the beard, and, like, he doesn't look happy during this. Like, Well, he wasn't supposed to. He was a heel. Right, but this is, like, his big thing, and that's what he says at the end. Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be his big WrestleMania match. He's like, I'm going over. Yeah. Maybe he wanted to. I mean, yeah. Sean never, right? <laughs> Sean would never insist winning it's, a match. It's just it's something about it's fishy. That's all. It's a little fishy. Yeah. Anyway, let's cut to Cowboy Todd Pettengill. <laughs> hey, looks like he belongs in the smoking guns here. God, I swear he's got like this red weird shirt and then like a brown leather vest over it. <laughs> yeah. And a giant mullet. Yeah. If he had a mustache, he'd be a smoking gun. He would. Exactly. So Todd Gunn here gives us a preview of WrestleMania. We got to kill time, obviously. Yeah. So meanwhile, live, of course, the steel cage is getting assembled. Now, this is awesome because you say we have to kill time, but Todd's actually like saying while yeah. he's like telling us about the card. He's like, we're here because they're building the cage. Look, look, see. And then they like clip to them yeah. like, putting it together as if this wasn't filmed like three weeks before <laughs> Sunday Night Slam after they've exposed <laughs> yes. it because of the fucking tape exactly. debacle right. before. <laughs> uh. Uh, so 
we hype uh, Bam Bam LT, and I have to say here, LT's like on screen graphic, you know, for the the card there, him versus Bam Bam, <laughs> yeah. is literally him in that fucking suit at Royal Rumble yeah. right before Bam Bam shoved him. Like, seriously, they couldn't have taken a picture of him? Yeah, anything? <laughs> it's nothing. just like a fuzzy, like, yeah. screen cap it's of Royal Rumble. It's clearly a screen cap that somebody, like, probably because the tech didn't exist back then, actually, like, literally, like, they took, like, a print out of the screen, <laughs> and then, like, somebody cut it with scissors around it, like, very precisely. When they had computers in 95. With their money? Don't look at me like that. Okay, they we're in the poorhouse. Quinn Reggie White says he's going to do stuff or something at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. And then Chris- he has a picture of himself behind him, <laughs> by the way, if you notice. I'm prepared to get physical with Bundy, with DiBiase, whoever it is. They may interfere. Yes, I am. I'm prepared to get physical. And then Chris Spielman doesn't like Tatanka and calls him a cigar store Indian. This is ridiculous. First of all, more sympathy that, for Tatanka. First of all, yes, the Tatanka. Like, why should I feel bad for him? Because, like I said, he can be bought and sold. He's like a cigar store Indian. That's what I think. I mean, you can put him one place, buy him. Hey, let's move over here to Tonka and, uh, you know, DiBiase got his claws on him, and that's what happens. Greek. Second of all, why does this guy know the storylines? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just some, like, <laughs> random football, football player. He looks like a basketball player, <laughs> more so. He's got, like, a backwards hat on and shit. <laughs> he's like, DiBiase got his grubby claws into him, and Tatanka sold that. Like, why are you recapping he's the storyline? He's not even in the match, and I bet you he knows more about the storyline than LT does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, Brett, like we mentioned, is fighting Mr. Bob Backlund in, and I quit being awake while watching this match. <laughs> and then I said to you, like, this is what they elected to do with Bret Hart at WrestleMania. It's 11. unbelievable. And that's, <laughs> that is, you know, that's on the record from Bret. That's his least favorite, like, match ever <laughs> on pay per view. It's so shitty. It's really bad. Like, once that whole business was done, they should have never revisited no. it. And, and not you at WrestleMania. Just fought Owen again. And then like, do back on it in your house and get yeah, rid of it. Yeah. And remember Piper's like the ref and he's so annoying. He yeah. keeps sticking the mic. What do you say? Tucked in hot what rod What do you shirt. say? Yeah, with the tucked in hot and rod jeans. <laughs> Undertaker's in a fight. King Kong Bundy Quinn. Again. Yeah, I'd rather well, he didn't. Why, why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't want that. Oh, thing. this card sucks. It sucks. This was the first WrestleMania I saw, too. It, <laughs> Me, too. Like live, yeah. Ass. It was awful. <laughs> What? The only part about it that I remember being good was like the celebrities, like, and that's that's debatable. Yeah, that's by debatable. The way. I think Jenny McCarthy was really good. Right, yeah, that's about it. Well, Pam Anderson was fun too. She didn't do anything. And she also looked, NYPD Blue and JT, JTT. No, fuck JTT and that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he beats Backlund in chess. Yeah. Fuck they, off. Some, for some reason, I feel like they arm wrestled or something. No, too, they didn't arm. There was like, no, there was like games going on in the back. No, but it's like Backlund like asked him all these questions. And Did you ever think it was weird that they like brought in the celebrity kid or whatever? And he's like relegated to like they're like entertaining him in the back with like board games and shit. What else is he going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he's like in the kids room I'm or surprised something. surprised he wasn't coloring and eating a peanut butter and jelly <laughs> yeah, sandwich exactly. with a crust cut off. Yeah. Anyway, Owen Hart's going to have a mystery partner to fight the guns. That wound up, of course, being Yokozuna in, right. a, in a highlight of the show, honestly. Right. Yeah. Like, really, one yeah, of the best seriously. parts of the show. Just him coming out and them, like, squashing the smoking it's guns. It's so good. Yeah. That's a no good moment. No one cared about the guns at that No. Point. In fact, neither did Men on a Mission because we show a clip of them turning on them. That's how they turned heel. Yeah, Oscar all <laughs> upset about this. Oscar wanted no part of this. And I was happy because no more Oscar. It's one of the other 
two yeah. people and mom that I like Mo would be gone shortly. <laughs> Mo, yeah. <laughs> so we got two Stooges reference, Mo yeah. and Shemp right yeah. now, <laughs> and the Allied Powers will take on the Blue Brothers. Yeah, they blew. That's yeah. for sure. Thank you. Well, they had Uncle Seb with them. I mean, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and don't forget, Quinn Salt and Peppa's going to be there. John Turturro, all these guys. That yeah, we we'll mentioned. hear more from Salt and Peppa later. Unfortunately, now Todd has just been informed, just informed right now. <laughs> yes, that the cage is now assembled. It's Quinn. live, Joe. It's live, just like this show. <laughs> <laughs> so Tatanka comes out with DiBiase, and I got to say, even his entrance is boring. <laughs> But, Quinn, you said this is the best he's ever looked. Yes, it's true. Why is that? He's like dark Tatanka, and he's not as fat and shitty here. Like, yeah, that's true. He's, he's not that he's bad. Like, kinda like he's, like, kind of, like, he's greased up, and, like, he looks like a wrestler, at least. Not a good one, but no. a uh, wrestler, yeah. yeah. And then you theorize, Quinn, that the Million Dollar Corporation might have just been an excuse <laughs> For them to play DiBiase's music multiple times per show. Yeah, because it's good. It like, is really it is good. good. It is. Yeah. So, as Luger comes out, Quinn starts going on to me at the time about why this feud is so messed up. Okay. So I'm starting to, like, get... It's like a revelation came to me about this feud, basically. <laughs> like, this whole stupid thing. Like, it just came to me, right? How... They basically, like, positioned Tatanka like he was being, like, repressed or something. Like, he's a Native American. Mm -hmm. He's, like, legit Native American. Yeah, he is. And here comes this asshole who was, like, a narcissist, (laughs) like, a couple months before. And then all of a sudden, he body slams a fat guy on a boat and wears, like, American trunks. And he's, like, the most American person ever. While, like, a person who literally is a Native American... (laughs) Like, no one cares about him because of this stupid guy, this stupid American asshole. But I think the whole thing, Quinn, is that Tatanka sold out to Ted DiBiase. Yes, but how would he have the money to, like, campaign and train to, like, beat this American asshole? You gotta do what you gotta do. Why is it a problem for this Native American to go make a little extra coin on the side? You know what? That's a fair point. Like, what is the issue? <laughs> like, why is he the asshole? <laughs> and then, and then, you know how we had to review that crusty show before where, like, Tatanka hit Chief J. Strongbow? Yes. Then it all, like, came to me. I'm like, wait a second. Chief J. Strongbow is just, like, an Italian guy just pretending to be a Native American. <laughs> just like Luger is probably, like, of some other descent saying he's, like, the most American person ever. Tatanka's the one being fucked over here, not these guys. (laughs) So, this is bullshit. Like, I'm rooting for Tatanka now. (laughs) From episode one to episode 45, what a change. It all makes sense now. Quinn has explained the feud. And I'm so glad we got this tape in the mail. Right. You could watch it over again, and it's like... You know, like, when you watch The Sixth Sense again, and then you notice, like, Bruce Willis is, like, a ghost, essentially? Yes, right, like, right. <laughs> this is, like, me, like, seeing it all now. Like, I, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Tatanka was... They were screwing over Tatanka the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Timmy White is the ref, by the way. And anyway, Tatanka with chops to start. And by chops, I mean a lot of chops. Like, a real lot of chops. Yeah, but they're tomahawk chops. Yeah, but you said, when this match is shit already. Well, yeah, <laughs> It's not I, good. I'm running out of reasons to yeah. defend Tatanka quickly. <laughs> I'm still there for him. I got you. I, got, I get his plight. Yeah, I got you. Now, Luger with a loud a loud clothesline. You know, the Luger, oh! Yeah. <laughs> or two, or three. I think he did three of them. Yeah. And then a lot of stomps by Luger. Vince says this is not a pretty match. 
Yeah, that's a true statement, well, Vince. I'll give you that. <laughs> Whoever said Vince is a liar, not all the time. Not every time. Now that weird ass horizontal elbow by Luger misses. You know where he like is basically like a straight line. Yeah, yeah. He's like the HR HTML tag, just like a horizontal rule, just straight, <laughs> and it falls and yes. it's just nothing. So they lay around a while, and then Tim White has short sleeves. As yes, Quinn he points does. Out. So every ref, but. Uh, Danny, Danny Davis. Shemp Davis, you know, <laughs> had short sleeves, so clearly he was breaking the dress code. Yeah. Now, Tatanka heads for the door as the crowd chants USA, and uh, Quinn, you had been ranting this whole time. <laughs> I just want to mention, you were so angry when you finally came to the realization that Chief J. Strongbow was an Italian. Yes. That really put you over the that top, That was like I the think. last straw. Yeah. It's just like, why is Tatanka the bad guy? Like, it Which just doesn't so make funny. any sense. Tatanka dominates now with some cage tosses, and you said to me, when it's sad that JR left WCW for this. I know. This. He should have left WCW later, and then, like, came. <laughs> yeah. Because this this is a waste of his time. Imagine him being there for, like, 96, the NWO yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, and then leaving for 97. Right, when, once it got all poopy yep, over there. exactly. So Tatanka heads up the cage, but Luger grabs him by the leg. Now, I gotta say something here. They yeah. keep remarking about, like, Tatanka being, like, a coward or something for leaving the cage. That's the freaking rules. It is part of why the rules. Are, why is he a coward? Like, he's trying to win. Like, I don't remember anyone calling Hulk Hogan a coward when he fought Paul Orndorff right. in that cage match we talked about. Yep. But, oh, if he tries to escape the cage like the freaking rules say. That's true. Which, by the way, I must also note something odd about the rules here. There's some dumb rule that, like, the ref can't be in the cage. I've never seen this, this ever. This is the only time I've ever They're seen like, it, too. They're like, he can't be in only when there's a pin. So what it turns out being is, like, Tim White has to, like, run very in. quickly, like, run in. And he's, like, panting, like, <laughs> yeah. like Why couldn't they get a more in-shape ref for this? Yeah, they have Mike Kyoto and he's, like, super young. And he's, like, moving the ring around at this point, And he's a ref at the same time. They also have Shane McMahon, like, yeah. moonlighting as a ref every now and, and then. Jack Stone was yeah. pretty young. They had some right. young refs. So they they picked Tim White, who's like older. Yeah. And no offense to Tim White. No, I like Tim White. But like, he's too old for this. Husky. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> he looks like Could have just norm. been anybody else. Like, it's not a big deal. But it is a weird stipulation yeah. where it's normal escape rules plus the pin. Yeah, plus the ref can't be But in. the ref's not in there. It's yeah. very, very strange. Quinn's openly cheering for Tatanka this whole match, by <laughs> yeah, the way. basically. More chops and a boot to the face by Luger on a charge, but Tatanka with more chops. Yeah. Now, I need to mention here, Tatanka lost, like, his decorative, like, <laughs> dangly thing dangly belt skirt. Yeah, that he always had. So now he looks like Stone Cold <laughs> He's or something. He's got black tights under <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. He looks better. He looks cool. He like, looks yeah. like a more of a threat. Yeah. Luger with a very shitty bulldog, not Davy Boy Smith, and then a vertical suplex for two. Right. Big power slam by Luger for two, and then Tatanka comes back with an inverted atomic drop. Who is he, Bret Hart? And then he heads up to the top of the cage, and again, Vince says he's running away. Bullshit. That's how you win. What is he? That is part like, of the rules. It's literally the rules. Like, I know, it's oh, true. what a coward. Like, <laughs> then Luger gets him down and goes to the second rope and co connects with the steel plated forearm might a i add foreign object that's well, an american against object. a native american <laughs> and finally mercifully good god gertie it is all over it's finally over the feud is over and we can never talk about this again the guy please. who shouldn't have won one <laughs> and then he's teaming up with a brit yeah that's another thing like he's a ba basically he's a benedict arnold now <laughs> like i'm surprised tataka didn't say this 
Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> He's literally <laughs> turning to a to a red coat the next week. And he knows about it too. And he it's, knows it's already. Scheduled. Everyone knows it's a scheduled red coat. <laughs> Everything about this is screwed up, Joe. It's all screwed up. Speaking of screwed up, we go to a weird vignette promo <laughs> this is with like salt and pepper and some weird recording studio and some guys like hey what are they saying on that side so he like raises the volume right. of their and then, mics like salt and pepper's like oh bret hart's so hot They're getting like, like all <laughs> wet about bret and razor and diesel <laughs> yeah it's like and what? then that's it what are they talking about in here? Hey, girlfriend i am in heaven oh yes that razor ramon is mm. just oozing with machismo mm. it made me want to shoot Mm, big daddy come to mama <laughs> you so crazy <laughs> make you get hot make you work up a sweat but but bret hart did you see oh, him wow. yes what a man what a man what a man Ooh, but then when they come back vince has like the proudest look on his face like wow we're so relevant you see that it's like almost like he wants to like nudge jr it's like you see that salt and pepper those celebrities over there they, they like wrestling it's like this is crap no one gave a shit about wrestling in 1995 absolutely we were like the outcasts i could tell you for a fact that oh, God, like no. nobody you didn't no. like brag that you were watching like king kong bunny and the million dollar corporation or some yeah. bullshit you didn't brag about that hot comma match yeah. you saw on raw last night this sucks it wasn't yeah. <laughs> it was not cool to be a wrestling fan at least in our parts yeah until around 98 yeah but uh, it took a long time yeah but according to raw turtleneck over here <laughs> it's like the coolest thing ever look at all the celebrities and my pd blue yeah, and home improvement Jenny mccarthy and she was cute back then right. wasn't she but she wasn't like she didn't on, matter. singled out like talking about wrestling <laughs> <laughs> and Pamela Anderson wasn't on single out with well Hogan was on Baywatch Hogan was on Baywatch oh well the WCW guy right remember that one where he like picks up a yeah but that's because of WCW's like connection to everything I, I think they like partially funded Baywatch because it wasn't on like TBS it was or syndicated yeah but remember when they filmed the Baywatch cameras were filming Bash at the Beach 95 oh, to right. use in a Baywatch episode mm-hmm. where Hogan fought Vader on Baywatch horrible that is something we should review. Well, we'll that see. That needs to get reviewed. Folks, remind us. Someone put it on the spreadsheet. Yeah. Race to the spreadsheet <laughs> right now and put it on there so yeah. we don't forget, okay? Right, okay. Please, someone out there, put it on there. The Hulk Hogan Baywatch episode. I want to review that. Okay. Have I you did. seen it, Quinn? Uh, maybe. I saw it as I a mean, kid. I used to watch Thunder in Paradise, but I'm Why? not sure about this. <laughs> well, because it didn't have Sting in it or something sometimes. Did it? The singer? No, if I no, not that stick. The other stick. Okay, so this show's not even over yet. No. We're talking about something else. We unfortunately have a little bit left. So Vince, after his proud, shitty face, there, like Quinn referred to, yeah. cuts to Bret Hart in front of a whiteboard. <laughs> this is so stupid. And he's like, you know, I'm gonna beat Mr. Bob Backlund at the WrestleMania. <laughs> Here's my cartoons I drew about Owen because I'm going to beat him tomorrow now, night. You didn't put this in the notes, but there's a funny thing here. Yeah. So he like drew these cartoons and you could tell he spent a little time on them. There's like, it looks like a pterodactyl on a pencil or something. I don't know a what. a decent cartoonist. Yeah, I don't know what this is, what it's even supposed to be. It doesn't but matter. But like you could tell he like drew this. Yeah, he did. But when they clip to it, they literally show it for like a half of a yeah, second and then they like it. clip away from it. So here's what I drew. Here's what I drew. And then it's like, it's in that like weird, like nineties, yeah. like shaky cam, like, Oh, look how cool. And <laughs> then it just like goes ESPN like, two cam all in like the mat, a uh, span of like three seconds. I'm going to beat you on yeah. and I'm going to beat you back. What a throwaway thing for him to draw. Really? Yeah. 
He looked like he didn't give a shit about that <laughs> yeah. promo, too, by the way. He just woke up. You know how they, like, make them show up early? They're yeah. just, like, killing time. Yeah, exactly. Now, that fruity WrestleMania theme plays right. underneath all of this, by the way, which kind of lowers the intensity. Yeah, why not just play the WrestleMania theme, <laughs> not the, like, alternative right. alternative? And that's it. Vince and JR bid us a fond farewell. Now, right. there's a quick epilogue. Yes. And then we'll wrap up here. It, it started from a conversation I had with you. I was mentioning to Quinn that, I could have sworn Gorilla Monsoon had something to do with all this, <laughs> yes. right? That was the first thing. And the other thing was like, I was like, this had to be like filmed at the same time of whatever Raw that they were hyping afterwards. Right. Like, there's no way right. that they just did another Raw. So, Quinn, you checked, right? And on the right. March 27th Raw. Right. I just turned it on. We didn't really watch it or anything. And it turns out we're both right. Not yeah. only is it taped from the same place at the same right. time, but Gorilla Monsoon is now with JR at that same desk. Yes. So I'm so confused because first of all, Gorilla's like, ah, we're at the, we're at the thing. But then there's a studio with yeah. Vince and Todd. Right. So now they're like away from all of this or something. Yeah, Vince like, separated himself yeah, from like, that. Is that to, is this all part of the facade again that like this was live and the right. law was live and everything's live? It makes no sense. I have no idea. They really just moved what off was going Vince on? off camera so it would, that nobody could tell that it was in the same area. Is like, that what it was, right? It's all just part of the whole like thing. That's the only thing I can think and of. And they bring because- Gorilla in with like the shitty red jacket from like 1988. Like, <laughs> yeah, he were... looks so out of place. Like it's like they like transported Gorilla from like prime time, like through a time machine, and he's like, "Oh, we're here! <laughs> what, what is this, Raw? Where's Brain? <laughs> <laughs> there, where's Brain? Yeah. Now, by the way, this was all taped <laughs> on March." 13th 1995 uh-huh. okay and so there, it was some time travel here going on there was 13 days between this and the sunday night slam and two weeks between the raw so there was a live raw but yes there was the sunday night slam was taped here and a bunch of monday night raws were taped here <laughs> how much is a bunch like six uh, four <laughs> that's still four raws yeah. were done here and uh no three excuse okay. me and, and sunday night slam so overall quinn you know are, a, yeah, this was weird. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it's not good, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah. Good would not be a fair way well, to say this. I will say this. At least, at the very least, we can sleep at night knowing what the conclusion was to uh, Lex Luger versus Tatanka. Very fair. After like 45 episodes of this show. Plus specials. That could be years, 45 years of episodes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. At least we finally have concluded that. And we want to thank our mysterious masked friend over there yeah, for I don't know sending where us this tape in the mail. Maybe he sent it in the same time machine Gorilla used to transport himself <laughs> to that rock. Here's my jacket! Here's my jacket! Hi, Jim Ross! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but overall... It was uh, not, yeah, it wasn't yeah, good. it was a thing that happened. I liked seeing Barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice, Great. right? <laughs> I did not like seeing the million-dollar corporation, like, plastered I all over do. this. I never do. No, they're not good. And they ba- stink. And Bam Bam was so wasted. And he was a talented guy, but, yeah. Eh. This is literally the height of Bam Bam. Like, he never gets a bigger moment than this. No, I mean, unless you count ECW beating Taz. No. That's the that's only this, really... He had mainstream, like, people knew who he was, because... They knew who LT was. They, they knew, knew who LT was, was, yep. Well, folks, we thank you for knowing who we are, and we thank you for always joining us every single week to talk about the world of retro wrestling. We will, of course, be back next Monday, August 28th. And, Quinn, did you know that the day after that will be my birthday, August 29th? Ah, so that'll be interesting. Love but to get you presents. Exactly. In the meantime, feel free to check us out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook group, 
Ask to join it. We will approve you. And check out our website, ovppodcast.com, for all the links to everything. Send us your suggestions. Let us know if you have any ideas. Quinn, you got anything else, or are we good here? I got nothing. All right. Well, folks, we will have something for you next week. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your week. See ya. I got news for you, pal. People like you are a dime a dozen. Somebody like me comes across once in a lifetime. And at WrestleMania 11, the fans of the World Wrestling Federation are going to see a once in a lifetime performance out of the Heartbreak Kid. You know it. They know it. I know it. And you, more than anybody, McMahon, most assuredly knows it. The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, will go over. Will you stop?